Welcome to the Gospel Saves podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. I'm Wade Stanley, an evangelist with the Church of Christ. Please visit thegospelsaves.me for blogs, videos, and Bible studies. You can also find The Gospel Saves on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome back to my study of the end times. This is episode 4, When Will These Things Be? In this episode, I begin a study of Matthew 24. Astonished by Jesus' prediction that the temple would one day be destroyed, the disciples ask, When will these things be? Jesus describes the trials facing Jerusalem in the decades between his prediction and the conquering of the Roman Empire. Wars, false messiahs, earthquakes, famines, and persecution await. As these miseries unfold, the disciples will know the answer to, when will these things be? Before I get into the study, let me do a little housekeeping. You may notice a slight drop in audio quality when the study starts. This study was recorded several years ago for my weekly radio broadcast. I didn't have the equipment then that I do now, so please bear with the slightly poorer quality. If you're listening to this podcast on Spotify or Apple and you find this or any of my other content helpful, please consider giving the podcast a five-star rating and leaving a review. If you're watching this on the Gospel Saves YouTube channel, please give the video a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, and click the bell icon to receive notifications when I upload new content. All of these small gestures help the good news of Jesus Christ reach more people. So you can help me preach the gospel and teach the doctrine of Christ's church to as many people as possible. I appreciate your help. And now on to our fourth study in the End Time series, When Will These Things Be? And on our last program, we began a, an inquiry into the 24th chapter of the book of Matthew. Up to this point, we've talked about how the New Testament writers viewed the days that we're living in right now, the days that have been going on since the, the ministry and crucifixion of Jesus, how they viewed this time as the last days or the end of the ages. So we've been living in this time period now for some 2,000 years. And yet our curiosity might be, well, are there, there signs that will show that, that we are approaching the return of Jesus? Should we be looking for some sort of signal that the, re, the return of Jesus is imminent? Do we know what those, those days right before his return are going to look like? One of the chapters that someone might turn to to answer that question is Matthew chapter 24. But to understand Matthew chapter 24 properly, we needed to place it in context. And so on our last program, we were talking about the last week of Jesus' ministry. He comes into Jerusalem in Luke chapter 19, anticipating their rejection and as a consequence of that rejection, their destruction. He talks about how because they did not know the day of their visitation, that Enemies would build an embankment around them, armies would surround them, and that the city would be destroyed. Not one stone would be left on another, which basically just means that the city would not be habitable. That because they had rejected him as the Messiah, God would reject them as his people, and he would have the city destroyed. We see this idea echoed in the last few verses of Matthew chapter 23. Now, a few days have passed between Luke 19 and Matthew 23. 
And yet the message of Jesus is the same. I came to you, Jerusalem, and you treated me no differently than you treated the prophets who came before. You've killed righteous men like Abel and Zechariah. You're going to kill me. You're going to kill prophets that I send you in the future. You're going to kill wise men. I've wanted to protect you. I've wanted to save you. And yet you were not willing. And so Jesus has completely abandoned hope for the city. And of course, he's speaking here in general terms. And as we get into the book of Acts, we see that some did finally accept him after he was crucified for their sins and was raised the third day. And yet, speaking broadly, speaking in general, the Jewish people have never embraced Jesus as their long-anticipated and promised Messiah. And because of that rejection, Jerusalem, the primary city of the Jewish people, the city where the only temple dedicated to the true and living God was built, that city would be destroyed. And this took place in 70 AD. In 70 AD, the Roman general Titus, who would later become emperor, he led a Roman army that laid siege to the city of Jerusalem, broke through, went into the city, and utterly destroyed it. They killed all the inhabitants, they burned the city, they destroyed the temple, and ultimately, Titus was the one who carried out God's will in this matter. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus begins teaching on this topic because his disciples are noticing the beauty of the temple grounds. They've been in the temple for the past few days, off and on. Jesus has been teaching the, the multitudes who were there. He's also been answering the challenges of the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and the scribes. He's leaving the temple for the last time, and his disciples are remarking at how beautiful the temple buildings are, and he's looks at them and you can almost imagine him with his arms outstretched sort of waving around at the temple complex and seeing saying do you not see all these things assuredly i say to you not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down now i don't take jesus literally here i don't think he means that every stone is going to be knocked over what he's saying is this temple complex is going to be destroyed it's going to be rendered useless. What you have known up to this point, you've known that this temple was the temple of the living God, that is no longer going to be the case. And you can imagine how this would bother his disciples. They understood that, that the temple was dedicated to the true and living God. And here's the Son of God, the Messiah, telling them that this place is going to be destroyed. So it's not difficult to, to understand why the disciples come to him later and ask him privately in verse number three, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Now to properly understand Matthew chapter 24, we not only need to understand the context in which Jesus teaches this, but we also need to understand the questions that the disciples ask. In verse 3, we have three questions. When will these things be? What will be the sign of your coming? And what will be the sign of the end of the age? Matthew chapter 24 answers those three questions in that order. 
When will these things be refers back to what Jesus predicted in verse number two. Do you not see all these things? And he's talking about the buildings in the temple. And he's talking about them being destroyed at some point in the future. The disciples' first question is, when's that going to happen, Jesus? You've told us that the temple is going to be destroyed. Now, when is that going to take place? The second question, what is the sign of your coming, seems to be some sort of anticipation of the Messiah's return to Jerusalem. It's really difficult to get inside the mind of the first century Jew and understand their expectations for the Messiah. They expected a Messiah who would be a conquering general. What they got was a suffering savior. And those two ideas were completely polar opposites of one another. And it seems like perhaps the disciples still have in their mind that Jesus is going to be a conquering general. You might remember later on when Jesus is in the garden, the, the disciples were armed. Peter had a sword. And when the soldiers came to arrest Jesus, Peter cut off the ear of the high priest's servant. Peter was ready to protect Jesus and to die for him. In fact, Thomas says that very thing when Jesus talks about returning to Judea prior to this point. The disciples try to convince him not to go to Judea, and Jesus says, well, I'm going. He was going to raise Lazarus, and Thomas says, well, let's go die with him. I think the disciples were fully prepared to die with Jesus in some great glorious battle or in protecting who they thought was the man that would liberate the Jewish people from the Romans who had subjugated them for about a century up to this point. So it seems that this question, what will be the sign of your coming, that seems to be associated with that idea of the Messiah being a conquering hero, much like David, if you will. And then finally, the question, and what will be the sign of the end of the age? And this, of course, is tied into the Jewish understanding of the Messiah as well. They thought the Messiah coming into Jerusalem would be the end of the age. It would be the end of the world, that Jerusalem would then become the preeminent city on the face of the earth, that this would usher in an era of peace, that all nations would be subjugated to the Jewish people, that they would finally be the rulers of the world, so to speak. And of course, that would happen because of the Messiah. So the end of the age, the sign of his coming, and all this, I believe, were tied together in the disciples' mind. Now what Jesus does is, as he teaches on these subjects, is he begins to unravel their understanding and help them to see that the chronology that they have in mind isn't necessarily what will take place. In fact, what he goes on to tell them is the temple's going to be destroyed, and then at some point I'm going to return, and then that will be the end of the age. This is what I believe Jesus is teaching in Matthew chapter 24. And so beginning in verse number 4, Jesus answers the first question. When will these things be? When can we expect that the temple will be destroyed? He tells them in verse number one, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. The first thing Jesus warns his disciples about is don't be fooled by false reports concerning me. 
Don't be fooled by men claiming to be me. False Christs and false messiahs are going to appear. And he reiterates this warning later on in the chapter. He says in verse 23, Then if anyone says to you, Look, here's the Christ, or there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. He's preparing them for what's going to happen in the days between when this teaching is given and when the city will be destroyed. He says, you're going to hear reports. You're going to hear false reports about me. They're going to say I'm out in the desert somewhere, or they're going to say I'm over here in this room. He says, don't believe them. The Jews had a long history of men rising up claiming to be the Messiah, claiming to be someone significant. Gamaliel talks about this in Acts chapter 5, verses 35 through 37. He says, Men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these men. For some time ago, Theudas rose up, claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400, joined him. He was slain, and all who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. After this man, Judas of Galilee rose up in the days of the census and drew away many people after him. He also perished, and all who obeyed him were dispersed. So this was nothing new. And Gamaliel was cautioning the Sanhedrin to take great care with how they treated the apostles. He was saying, perhaps, perhaps this man is the Messiah, this man Jesus, or perhaps he's just a charlatan like these other men. The Judas and Judas, men who claimed to be somebody, men who accrued disciples. But what was their end? Well, their end was death. It came to nothing. And so Gamaliel cautions them to take great care. So this was nothing new. This idea of false Christs and false messiahs appearing and misleading people was something that had happened even before the, the life of Jesus. All these things are things that took place decades prior to Gamaliel offering this warning. Josephus says concerning this time, this time between the teachings of Jesus and the time of the destruction of Jerusalem, he says the land was overrun with magicians, sorcerers, seducers, and impostors who drew the people after them in multitudes into solitudes and deserts to see the signs and miracles which they promised to show by the power of God. Jesus says, don't be fooled by reports. There will be men who claim to be me, who claim to be the Messiah. So they should anticipate this happening before the temple's destruction. And don't be misled by such men. Thanks for listening to the Gospel Saves podcast. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find Acapeldridge on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know His perfect will. Oh,